Alright legends, let's do this. Episode 91 of Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. My name is Brownie, I'm your podcast host. You can check out everything we do with Wall of Sound. All you need to do is just head over to wallofsoundau.com. Check out the latest music news, reviews, interviews, opinion pieces. And if we piss you off, you can also send your feedback to our social media accounts. Wall of Sound AU on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram is where you can find us. Get involved with the community and everything we have to offer with Wall of Sound. Now, before we move on, I need to give a big personal shout-out to a couple of absolute legends who listen to the show every week. A shout-out to Sandy from Valkyrie Festival Travel. She gets you to and from the biggest and best music festivals right here in Australia. So, if you don't want to drive, you want to have a couple of drinks, make sure you check them out and do what you can to jump on board. Apparently, they play all of the episodes on the way to the music festivals. So, if you want to be bored out of your brain going through the back catalogues of Wall of Sound up against the wall, make sure you book yourself a trip on the next festival she's heading to. Also a big one going out to Christy, Will and Gordon. I'm sorry, sorry for the delay with getting these podcasts out, but you know, shit happens, life goes on, but we're back for 2020. And on this week's episode, I sit down with the man and legend that is Daniel Fanari from Polaris, the drummer, the songwriter, the guy up the very back of the room, but don't let that fool you. This guy is a mastermind and he's going to take us behind the scenes of their second album, The Death of Me, which our writer Ebony Story gave a perfect 10 out of 10 for her review. You can read that at wallofsoundau.com. I don't need to tell you anything more about the album besides the fact it's fucking great. They've absolutely nailed it, so we'll go over that a little bit later on with Dan and get some more intricate details about the future of Polaris here in Australia and across the world too. Uh, there's plenty of new music news to get through, including the brand new song for Enter Shikari. If you miss that, I'll give you all the details about that song, plus their forthcoming album, and a whole bunch of tours as well. Uh, let's not waste any more time, let's get into it right now with the brand new song from Ocean Grove, from their forthcoming, yet to be announced as a release date, Flip Phone Fantasies, the album, we don't know when it's coming out, but this is the latest single from it, it's called Neo, on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. <laughs> Oh, 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 
Hi, this is Rao and Rob from Enter Shikari. And you're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. the brand new single for Enter Shikari. It is called The Dreamers Hotel and it comes from their forthcoming album, Nothing Is True and Everything Is Possible. You're going to be able to get that into your delicious ear holes on April 17. And uh, the best thing about this album is, as you will remember when we caught up with the band backstage at Good Things Festival, they said this. We've been saying like since we started writing this album that it's going to be the definitive Shikari record. Yes. So like, this is the one that fans go like, Oh, you haven't heard of Shikari? Check out this. This will have a bit of everything. It's got, you know, stuff that sounds like the first album. It's got stuff that sounds like very recent. It's got stuff that's completely new. You know, so the way way we've been moving forward over the past few albums, it's fun for the whole family. So if you've been an Enter Shikari fan for years, or maybe you're just jumping on the bandwagon right now, now is the right time to do so. Get your pre-orders in for that one, and uh, look forward to seeing what else the guys have to offer with this forthcoming release. But they weren't the only band to announce new music this past week. 
week. Now, Chester Bennington's old band, Grey Days. Now, this is a band he was in long before uh, Linkin Park was even thought of. They've announced their album, Amends, will be released on April 10th. And if you like old school kind of grunge, so similar to early Pearl Jam and Soundgarden, then this album might be right up your alley. They put out a new song as well, too, called Sickness. Go and check it out. And I heard very early sounds of uh, Chris Cornell and Soundgarden with that one. So obviously Chester Bennington grew up to be a massive Soundgarden fan and uh, best friends with Chris Cornell, sadly before both of them passed away. So if you want to go back to the early years of Chester Bennington's music career, check out the latest one for Grey Days. It's out on April 10th. Still to come, I'm going to get on the new one for Four Years Strong and Falsifer. They also announced their new EP, but right now let's check in with the band Dream on Dreamer, who sadly, after 11 years together, have announced they are calling it a day. But they're not going to leave us empty-handed. They have one more album to put out. It's called What If I Told You It Doesn't Get Better. Now you can get your hands on that March 27, and they've also released the very first song from it called Feel So Empty. Now, it's a bit of a shame because I feel like the band finally found their calling with Marcel and Zach both fronting the band. Marcel obviously doing the screams and Zach with these amazing melodic vocals. So it's sad to see the guys go. 2009, they kicked things off. They're ending it on a high note in 2020 with a farewell tour. You can get your tickets right now through their website. But without further ado, let's get it on right now. This is the brand new single from Dream on Dreamers' final album. Feels so empty on wall of sound up against the wall. Oh, 
They've teased that a tour is coming. Finally, Fit for a King are going to be making their way down under. No dates announced as of yet at the point of this recording, so stay tuned to wallofsoundau.com. We'll keep you up to date with everything that gets announced. But a couple of big tours got announced over the past week. I Prevail are bringing their massively stacked trauma tour to Australia. They've been teasing this for a while since they played Download Festival last year. But it's finally happening, and we're going to see them joined by the likes of Motionless and White, who put out their fantastic album disguise last year and also the Windy Boys, Wind Waker that tour is happening all across Australia in July and you can get your tickets for it right now. Uh, the Red Shore have also announced a comeback show, they're going to be playing one show in Melbourne, that one is happening April 17, they're going to be joined by the likes of Deez Nuts Alpha Wolf, Shinto Katana who are doing things again and Zeolite Wax are also hitting the road again in celebration of their debut album, Big Grief. That's happening through March all the way through May. Uh, more details on that tour can be found at wallofsoundau.com. But the one I'm looking forward to the most, Rolo Tomasi are going to be doing a tour, an East Coast run, Jumping on Sleep Makes Waves upcoming These Are Not Your Dreams tour. Now, Sleep Makes Waves are heading around the country. Rolo Tomasi joining them for the East Coast run in Brisbane, Melbourne and Sydney. That's happening through May and June. It's a Bit of an odd pairing if you ask me. I mean, Sleep Makes Waves are an instrumental band and I've, I've said this in the past, I'm not the biggest fan of instrumental bands because I kind of feel like they need a bit of lyrical content in there to have an emotional connection to the song. And I know some people out there have said, Brownie, you're a dickhead. You create your own stories and your own journey through the music with whatever you want to put with it. But I just can't get into it. So to see Sleep Makes Waves team up with Rollo Tomasi for this one, who are high energy, screaming, in your face, rock. Uh, it's a bit of an odd pairing, but with that said, if that's the only way we can get Rollo Tomasi to Australia, then so be it. To celebrate, I'm getting on their song Rituals right now. Rollo Tomasi on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall.
Hey, it's Steph from Philosopher, and you're listening to a wall of sound up against the wall. Falsifer have been doing some big things in the music scene and finally they have been signed. Grayscale Records picked them up and announced their forthcoming Pain EP is going to be released on March 6th. You can check out five new songs on that one. Pre-orders are in place for that right now and that was the title track from the EP Pain. Looking forward to see what they do and uh, all the bands emerging from Adelaide at the moment. There seems to be a heavy and strong scene down there so if you've got some bands down there you want us to take note of, make sure you get in touch with us. Wall of Sound AU on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. But right now, let's get into this bloke. What's up, everybody? This is Dan here from Polaris. You are listening to Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall. Am I addicted to the misery? Is this We are a 
officially on the home stretch, counting down the days until Polaris released their second album, The Death of Me, and here to chat all about it is the mastermind behind the drums, behind the songwriting, and the sexy bloke you catch at the back of the stage, Daniel Finari. Welcome to the show. That is a very nice welcome, man. Thank you for that. I mean, uh, you're too kind. All the best for uh, a great upcoming band like Polaris. Now, we're stoked to have like been covering you guys with Wall of Sound for, for so many years now. And it's sort of like we're watching you guys grow up and, and, you know, sort of get yourselves involved with the music scene to get to where you are now. But, like, I guess with this album here, you're more so entering your teenage years with the band. Would I be right in saying that? Yeah, I suppose that's a good way of putting it. I mean, it's technically it's our it's our fourth release, but it's only our second full length. But yeah, I guess I guess you could look at it that way, right? Like the first two EPs are kind of the band's childhood, and then we moved in and yeah, getting towards adolescence, and then getting the the, the two albums would be like yeah, I guess the teenage years, you know, the the mortal coil being that that first half of it, of that early adolescence, and then hopefully, I mean, I, I guess I do, you know, and it comes out in our lyrics too. I do kind of see that to see a lot of see our band is just this this thing that's just growing up like this entity that's just evolving and and i think a lot of our lyrics do kind of deal with like in a very real sense like that idea of growing up and you know growing growing out of your past self and becoming a more fully realized person and then in a more literal sense just going through yeah going through the stages of your life and becoming an adult and that, i think that's really reflected in in the way that where we come from lyrically and stuff like that because you know i mean i'm it's it's a funny thing to think about like to think about growing up and stuff when you're when you're in a band because you're kind of living this weird it feels you can feel like a permanent teenager at times yeah that's when you right. get yeah you're playing playing metal shows and stuff like that and sleeping in vehicles and you know and living a very strange and um, nomadic life at times and getting to do something that from the outside doesn't really look like a job. You know, and and in many ways, like you can't can't compare it to any other kind of occupation. It doesn't it doesn't quite feel it feels like you're living a, a really an amazing fantasy sometimes. But then people also don't realize the other side of it is that, that there's so much hard work, and it really is like it becomes a fully fledged occupation at this point in terms of what what we have to do. So as we kind of grow up and kind of learn to deal with that, and also you know we're going through so many personal changes, just trying to evolve as people and trying to kind of grow up and deal with the life that we're living now. Um, I think that's all. We're very, we try to be very upfront about that let it be reflected in the art that we're creating and in how we talk about what we do. Well, it's incredible to watch you guys grow, not only as musicians, but humans as well, too, because we take a look at the work you've done from the very early beginnings of those EPs to, obviously, the Mortal Coil when you released that. It was such a fantastic album, but then when you finally get to wrap your ears around the death of me, you can hear that progression. You can hear that professionalism you guys have and the fact that you don't want to be cast into the same kind of metalcore mould that a lot of bands tend to sort of fall victim to. Like, you, you changed your styles up with this album so dramatically. Like, you've got the metalcore stuff in there, obviously, you know, continuing on the legacy of Behind. But then you've also touched on stuff like new metal and mainstream rock. So is that kind of you guys trying to go, look, we don't want to be pigeonholed, but we also want to try and see what we can do and try these different styles to see where that new direction takes us? I mean, it's, yeah, it, in a way, I mean, you know, we, we try to keep our, musically, we just try to keep our options really broad. I don't think we've ever gone, like, let's show people that we're not just a metalcore band. Like, that's never been a concern for us, but I guess that's not been a concern for us because, you know, we never really, uh, you know, we never really took that, that genre label as something like a hard and fast rule we had to stick to in the first place. Like, I often tell people that I think we just, we just look at ourselves as like a, you, you could even just, it's just, just a heavy band in some regard. Yeah. Or we look at ourselves like just a a heavy but melodic but emotive 
bands. That's just what we want to do. We want to create an emotional reaction from people. We want to give people something that they can move to in a live setting and really, you know, push each other around to and jump around to. We want to create something that people are trying to, people can sing along to. Um, but, but more, it's just about creating something that people can feel and connect with in kind of a, of a, of a real personal way. I think that's our main goal. But yeah, you know, we, we've, we've never looked at it as like, you know, there are times when we write songs where we go, well, this, you know, this song is more of a, it's, it's much more of a straight metalcore song than what we're writing. But then we've, we've never really been afraid to write something that didn't feel like it fit into that mold exactly. Because what concerns us at the end of the day more is just trying to write good songs. That's what it really comes down to and trying to write something that affects us. Well, the good thing I love what you touched on there is you've got all the different songs that cater to all the different wants, appeals and needs, I guess you could say. Like, you know, you got the rough housing songs like Hypermania in there. Landmine is just a fantastic fucking incredible song, which I never thought I'd hear you guys release. And then you've got uh, all of this fleeting, I believe it is, which is just, you know, it brings a heavy. But then you get to see more of like the in-depth writing that you guys do. Obviously, Masochist was such a fantastic fucking release that, you know, we've had the opportunity to talk about it. Uh, in the past about how it made me reflect on an issue that was completely unrelated to the lyrical content, but it just showcases, like, what you guys have behind you, the the writing style that you have behind you as well, and, like, the fact that you don't just have to do heavy song with a breakdown, heavy song with a breakdown over and over again to to write decent albums that people, you know, latch onto and listen to with their, you know, open ears and and open hearts and that. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to, like, as I say, you know, it's it's more about songwriting and more about... Um, creating something that people can connect with emotionally, and then and then the other side of it is that it also comes down to we just get bored really easily, man. Like we just, <laughs> I think we just have like we just have this weird little like short attention span as as a band. Like you know, there are times when we'll there are times when we'll put on a record, maybe something you know, like say a current heavy record or something, and we'll get halfway through the record and you say we're in a band or something, you know, on tour, and get halfway through the record and everyone's really enjoying it and really stoked, and then by the end of the record, we're kind of all sitting there going. I don't know, man. Like, I, I wish there'd been more there, you know. And we, we always do, we always just try to try to push outside those boundaries. And uh, I guess you, know, one thing that I've, that we've noticed over the years is that every song we write tends to seemingly be like a reaction to the last song. So if if the last song we wrote was a really really heavy song, then the chances are the next song that we write would be something in a very different direction, something melodic. We just kind of bounce back and forth between all the different corners of our sound. And we try to dig really deep into those corners sometimes and just see where we can go with them and see like, okay, well, I didn't know that we were even capable of writing a song in this style, but now that we're working on it, it sounds like us. And as long as we can trust that instinct that it it sounds like something that we would do in our minds, regardless of how we think other people might perceive it, if we can kind of trust that instinct and dive down that rabbit hole, it's like, well, how far can we push this and still be true to ourselves and our sound? And still create something that we'd want to play live as well. Because that's, that's always the thing, you know, we don't want to write something uh, just for the sake of filling space and then not want to play it live or um, write something that's not going to translate. So we're always kind of trying to look through, look at it through that lens as well. And and like I said, yeah, we, we just want to keep it interesting for ourselves. And there's no one in this band that really, like, just listens to metal or really just the metalcore music, especially. Like, we, we all listen to heavy music really regularly. Like, I'm not going to be like, hey, we don't even listen to metal anymore. <laughs> like, we, we do, but we also... We, we can't listen to it every day because when you play metal every day and you watch metal bands every day on tour, you know, it's like you need contrast and you need you need to keep things fresh for yourself. And for us, yeah, that is like enjoying what it is that we're writing and creating a record that we would listen to is 
far more important to us than trying to meet some quota of heaviness. We do take it all into all into all into account though. Like, you know, we're constantly kind of you know, as a record is coming together, I think we you know, if we wrote a record that was leaning way too far in one direction, we would notice that pretty early on and we just we just try to try to space it out so the record flows and and yeah, and just always be providing new moods and new experiences for ourselves that will hopefully translate to the listeners. And so yeah, I mean that's what that's resulted in is that if there's a song that has a bit of a, you know, like you said, like a bit of a new metal vibe or a bit of a classic rock vibe, like the kind of stuff that's present in a song like the Vagabond on the album, for example, like that kind of draws together like proggy stuff, like some elements of a band like Carnival combined with what I would call like a Polaris attempt at a Limp Bizkit riff. And then what I like to call like the Leonard Skinner solo at the end, you know, it's just, just having fun with it. Just like actually, you know, there are times in, on this record where we wrote something and we're like, damn, okay, like, are we gonna are we gonna go full bore down that direction? It's like, yes, let's let's enjoy this. Let's have some fun. Like let's let's push a little bit outside of what people like the scales that people expect to hear in in metalcore music or like just the musical modes that, that we would instinctively ride in and what we discover is yeah, like once we once we stop limiting ourselves, the more that you know, you, you, you might ride a riff one day that doesn't really feel like what you would tend to do ordinarily, but if it's if it still creates that, creates a feeling and makes you want to nod your head, it's like, okay, well, how can we make this us? How can we make it true to what we want to do and make it, you know, the only person, as far as we're concerned, the only people that can judge what constitutes a Polaris song is us. You know, no one else can really judge that for us. And, and, you know, that's the great thing about, you know, discovering who you guys are as a band, what works and, and how you make that all work in the studio. I mean, there's not going to be a situation or or was there a situation of you guys like trying to write a song and, and three of you were against it, two of you were for it? How does that work out with the conflict with making a record like this? Um, yeah, there was a lot of that, actually. And, you know, sometimes there was, I think there was, for example, like the song, like, like Hypermania, when we were working on that, I... I was kind of skeptical about certain elements of that song. I loved a lot of the ideas in it, but when we were when, when it was getting towards being a completed song, there was a time where it didn't really feel that complete for me. And the main reason for that is because I don't know. I have this tendency to not really be able to fully see a song working as a song until the vocals are coming together, because the vocals are just so important to me in the way that we write. And so with that song, when there when there weren't really any vocal ideas down on the on the table yet, I was looking at it and, and I wasn't really sure how it was going to function as a as a Polaris song. And I kept trying to push the other guys, like particularly Rick, who that song was majoritively his ideas and it was really his baby. So there was this, there was a lot of back and forth between us with me wanting to add some other parts into the song or you know bring back some ideas from earlier on and repeat them. But he he knew exactly what he wanted, and you know you, you back and forth and you argue, but you also have to respect when someone in the group kind of wants to stick to their guns and has a vision that they want to realize and trust that if you can't see that vision yet, if you can really cooperate and help them to bring that to life, then hopefully you'll reach a point where you can see eye to eye. And once the vocals started coming together, then I was like, oh, okay, you know, this this part that you told me should be a chorus, I didn't really see it being a chorus yeah. until, I got a good, until I got a good enough vocal idea for it. And now that, we, now that there's something there to sing along to, I can finally see it as a chorus. And it's sometimes just, it's just taking a step back and opening your mind up a little bit because it can get really confusing under pressure and stuff, those kind of debates. And I mean, there was, there was another song, for example, like with, uh, with Marta slash Wade, which is later in the record, that one, at first, you know, I, I was really worried that everyone wasn't going to be on board with it. Then suddenly they were. They were like, yeah, let's do this. This feels like a direction 
we should we should absolutely go down this path. And then a few months later, one of the guys kind of got cold feet and started worrying about the song. And, you know, if we go, as we're getting towards the deadline, you know, things can get a little bit hazy. And one of the guys started going like, oh, man, I don't know if this is the right move. Like, I'm not sure if this really if this really fits into our sound. And then it was like, hang on, don't you remember a few months ago when you were saying this is exactly what we need to do? And we had to oh, yeah, that's right. You know, we're just getting, we're getting clouded and we're getting crazy, but this song still makes us feel a certain way. And that's, that's what counts. And I think the cool thing is stylistically, we were able to go into a lot of this with like, we, we definitely pushed those boundaries further in terms of what have we, what, what did we never feel like we were even capable of writing before? Look, we, we are a, we're a difficult band. Like, we're yeah. not, you know, the, although we've, we've been together as a band for a long time and we get along very well as people, we're, we're all best friends. But when it comes to creative stuff, you know, there are a lot of times when we don't want to budge because we're just so passionate about the visions that we each individually have. And whether that means one person, you know, means we each have a different vision for the song or whether it just means that someone is just a little bit skeptical about the direction of a song. Sometimes it can lead to some pretty heated arguments or some, um, yeah, some really strong debates of trying to work out whose vision is best. And it can get, it can get really hard to resolve that. Some songs end up, ended up, you know, in kind of, and still some months in the writing process where we just had to come back to them because no one could agree. Uh, but that makes the end result so much more satisfying when you're like, we've done something that we all love now. And that's, um, it's rare and it's awesome. You know? And look, I think that's fantastic. And it brings us back to what we mentioned like really early on in the chat, like the band being in their teenage years where you want to defend your work. You want to defend that something that you feel so passionate about and you need others to see your kind of vision. And, you know, instead of just chucking it away completely, you, you can either work on it. But if it gets to the point where you can't, you know, resolve those issues or differences, then just put it to the side and have it, you know, be something that you come back to. Like, as opposed to, nah, that's a fucked idea. Get out of here. You're not in the band. We don't need you anymore. That kind of thing. And it proves like how much of like a... a a strong bond Polaris really have and, and how far you've come from to where you are to get to that point now. Yeah, and it's sometimes, yeah, like you said, sometimes it's just time. Sometimes all you need is time to separate yourself from an idea and stop hearing that thing that you were hearing in your head when you listen to the song and take a step back and finally learn to hear it for, for just what's there. And um, yeah, like I mean, like I was saying before, it's about, you know, it, it's the difficulty that comes with that blessing of having by very creative people who all have really good ideas. You know, there's no one in our band that is that doesn't contribute in that way. Like it might vary from song to song, the amount in which that we contribute might vary or, you know, over the course of an album, maybe some people are driving it a little bit more, but all over, you know, we're, we're trying to make, we really want to make each other as excited about the record as one person is, you know, you, you don't want to be excited about a song and so stoked on it and then realize that a few of the other people in the band don't share that with you. Like, yeah. it can be quite disheartening. Like, we have to, you know, not every song can be everyone's favorite song, but we're trying to realize the United Vision. And that thing can get really hard. And like I said, we're, we can get pretty hot-headed over this stuff, but the importance of, that's the importance of having a strong bond and a strong friendship is that you don't let that get personal. Like, we, we just have to recognize, and I think the reason we've survived through that is we've, we've learned to recognize this isn't, we believe in each other's taste even when they don't align with each other, if that makes sense. You know, you have to trust that the person you're working with has good taste and has has good visions and, and cares about this stuff and is passionate about it and is not just being difficult for the sake of being difficult or for the sake of maintaining control. They just really want to create something that they love. 
that's what we're all out here doing, you know what I mean? Yeah, and look, we are loving the album. Uh, Ebony Story, who reviewed the album, gave it a perfect score. I literally could not comment any more on that too because there, there was a lot of hype around this album, right? The Mortal Coil comes out, it completely puts you guys on the map and, and blows all expectations. You even scored an ARIA nomination for that as well too. And then, like, to know that the second album is on the way too, like, everyone who's ever been involved in Polaris in some way, shape, or form, being a big-time fan, being, like, a fan who flows in and out, that kind of thing, we're all expecting something big from this album. And with that said, you guys have delivered, and then some, like, not... How would I put this? Like, putting out an album we weren't expecting, but also not veering too far away from the topic and subject material. Like, it's great, and it proves that you guys have longevity and aren't just going to produce the same thing over and over again so early into your career. Yeah, well, thank you. That's... that's... <laughs> That's some really nice feedback to hear, man. I can't can't even tell you how much I appreciate that. Um, I mean, yeah, I guess it just feels like the next, you know, I, I feel like it, it really just shows us just growing up and moving forward. Like you said, it, it's just the next step in what we're doing. We're not, we've never set out and gone like, okay, this record, we're going to do a huge 360 in sound or we're going to change this about ourselves. For us, it's just a very natural process of progression. We just keep writing songs and that's how these things form. There's no, there hasn't been any conscious decision to change anything. And so it still, sound, it still sounds like us, but it sounds like the next chapter in what we're doing. I feel like it just represents us getting better and better at being the band that we are and being, yeah, just being ourselves musically, but expanding that horizon, you know, pushing it into, pushing it into new directions and really just expanding and, and stretching those boundaries, yeah. Well, mate, we can't wait for everyone to check out this album. Before we wrap things up, the new single only just came out this morning as well. It's called Landmine, and for those hearing it for the very first time, you might notice some very influential new metal influences. Am I right in saying that maybe Slipknot played a part in this song? Yeah, there's definitely, there's definitely a Slipknot influence there. Not, we would never try and hide that. That's, it, it's there. That was that was part of the feel of the song that we that we saw coming together, and we were like, let's play with that, like, like yeah, like let's just have a good time with it, and yeah, and I think it's it's also though it's taking that and putting it through our kind of our lens of the way that we write, and um, but just going going for a more aggressive song than we've than we've ever really done that with. Um, it draws you know it draws and it draws some stuff that we've done in the past as well, but it was just fun to just explore some more extreme stuff in that song and like hitting a coming out of a, of a drop line into a blast beat and shit yeah. like that. Just, just after we were like, we never would have done this in the past. Let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's, and there's, there's also a lot of influences. Like I'd say like Die Out is Murder, probably a big influence on that track. Um, I can't even think right now who else was, was on our mind at that time. But hopefully people will check out the, uh, the music video by now as well, which we had a lot of fun with. I'm going to shout out our friend Chris Elder, who took that project on and, and he had an amazing vision for a story that we, that we were able to bring to life. It was quite an ambitious video. Involved um, helicopters and real machine guns, and it was filmed in an abandoned abattoir. <laughs> and also, yeah, which really fits the mood, I think. Um, also, a little trivia is that some shots in there from a helicopter of like an island in um, in Sydney Harbour, where they actually filmed a bunch of stuff for Mission Impossible Two. So that's um that's a fun little little trivia bite there. Yeah, I'm really excited to get this song out, man. I'm I'm so proud of that song. It's I can't wait for us to play it live, and I think it's I think it's going to be a big one at the shows for sure. Awesome. Well, we can't wait to see you guys debuting in this live. The Death of Me tour kicks off later on in the month. The Death of Me album comes out February 21 through Resist Records. If you haven't ordered it already, you need to give yourself an uppercut and go do that right now. Daniel Finari from Polaris has been an absolute pleasure. All the best with this album, and uh, we'll see you soon. No worries, Brownie. Thank you so much for your time, man. Appreciate you.
it's Rick from Polaris and you're listening to Wall of Sound Up Against the Wall. This is a place I know too well Been down here a while if you can And I have and tried my best to justify
masochist on Wall of Sound up against the wall. Make sure you get your pre-orders in for Polaris's new album. And while you're there, if you've got some money to spend, you might want to chuck a pre-order on The Used. Their forthcoming album, Heartwork, is coming out on April 24. And if you, like me, like albums with collaborations, they've teamed up with Jason Butler from Fever 333, Blink-182's Mark Hoppers and Travis Barker, as well as the one and only Caleb Shomo of Beartooth. Looking forward to see what they do with this album. And this is the second single release from it. It's called Paradise Lost, a poem by John Milton. Poem, pom, whatever, shove it up your ass. This is a brand new song from the used on Wall of Sound, Up Against the Wall. To whom it may concern in all the tragic we've been through No matter where I go, I keep on running into you Blink of an eye, feels like forever Same as it ever was, same as whatever Before the yellow fades to blue I'm taking with Brownie. Maybe 
Download Festival 2020 appearance. That is the brand new song for Stand Atlantic. It's called Shh, and uh, we're not going to be quiet about that. I'm looking forward to see what this pop punk band do. I can hands down say that they are the next Tonight Alive. Uh, they have got a fantastic sound and motivation behind them, and their fan base is just growing every time they release new music and head out on tour. So if you haven't jumped on the bandwagon yet, maybe now would be the time to do so. And staying around in pop punk territory, if you like yourselves a bit of pop punk, we've got the brand new one for Newfound Glory coming up next. But right now, Four Years Strong put out the next single from their forthcoming album, Brain Pain. It is called Learn to Love the Lie. Now, this song is about being stuck in a relationship where you both hate each other, but you just accept that that's how life is going to be. And, uh, you know, if you're stuck with someone and you're happy to be in that relationship, I guess you could say, then turn this up, make this the anthem and uh, the new song for your relationship. Their forthcoming album comes out February 28. And if you like what you hear, go pre-order it. Brand new stuff now for four years strong and wall of sound up against the wall.
up, everybody? This is Jordan from Newfound Glory, and you're listening to Wall of Sound up against the wall. I called you last night where you were asleep. Or did you let it ring? Avoiding me, you said you needed time to think. It's this to process what it means. So I wrote it. Greatest of all time, a.k.a. GOAT. And uh, that's from their forthcoming album, Forever Plus Ever Times Infinity, which you can get your grubby little hands on on the 29th of May through Hopeless Records. Uh, Some great pop-punk releases being released this year, so we'll keep you up to date with as many of them as physically possible. And uh, you can check out everything we are doing and what's making news around the world and in Australia, once again, at wallofsoundau.com. And if you haven't done so already, what are you waiting for? Do it right now. Jump on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Search for Wall of Sound AU and join the community. Get involved and we'll keep you up to date with everything as it happens. But that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for checking it out. Don't forget to give it a like, subscribe, tell your mates about it, share it around. Give us a rating too, you know. Ratings obviously do help in some way, shape or form. If you think it's shit, you know, tell me. If you love it, tell me what I'm doing right about it. And uh, once again, if you've got any bands that you want us to cover in the future, make sure you get in touch. You can also find me on social media as well if you want to hit me up direct brownie paul uh on instagram and twitter as well if you want to get me 
straight away. Make sure you do that. Now, I haven't got a guest lined up for next week as of yet, so stay tuned for more once I get my shit sorted and figure out what's happening next. But I can leave you with this. Now, not too long ago, I had Tony Campos from Static X on the show, and he was talking about the band's forthcoming album, Project Regeneration, which features the last vocal recordings of the late and great Wayne Static. And last week, we finally heard the band's first taste of new music coming from that album, which you can get in your hands on May 29th. The song is called Hollow, and there was a lot of expectations with this song when it came out. Uh, was it going to be a cash grab? Was it going to be uh, similar to the sound of what they had back in the day? Or were they going to use the new singer Zero to kind of chuck a Michael Jackson? You know, the album that came out a few years ago from him where they got a vocal sound like to finish off some of the songs? No, it's fantastic. It's great and it sounds just like old school Static X. So I'm going to leave you with that this week. The brand new one for Static X. It's called Hollow. And Wall of Sound up against the wall. My name is Brownie. I'll catch you real soon. Yeah.